Thanks for tuning into the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more information, you can go to woodsedge.org or look us up on Facebook under Woods Edge Students. Something happens. Gets off course. Gets a little confused. Then he starts to forget who he was. I wonder how many of you guys can maybe relate to what I'm talking about. Simba knew from the beginning of the scene that if he wanted to rediscover himself, he wanted to get back to who he was made to be, that he was going to have to go back. He was going to have to go back to that moment that the lion got scared out of him. And we need to do the same thing here tonight if we want to embrace and receive all that God has for us this weekend. And I promise you guys, if you are willing to do that, if you're willing to open yourself up and step back in to that moment, that season, and just ask God, show me where I went off course. Show me where I'm missing the mark. He will set you free tonight. He will help you rediscover yourself. And every single person in this room will walk out of here different than they walked in. Does anybody want that before they leave here today? I want it for you. Simba's father's encouragement is the same as God's encouragement to you. Son, daughter, remember who you are. You're more than you have settled for. You are royalty. You guys are conquerors. You guys are children of the one true king. You do not need to live afraid or be intimidated by anything. And if you are anywhere in your life, that's what you need to bring to the Lord tonight. So I have been thinking as I prepare this message and watch just the power of the Lion King, I've been asking questions of myself lately. Who am I? Who did you create me to be? I've got a pretty good understanding, but I'm not all the way there. And as many of you guys know that are part of this ministry, um, every year, and we did this with you guys in December, and I did it in January, every year I sit down with the Lord for a couple days, and I ask him, God, this year, 2016, what do you want me to know about who you are? What do you want me to know and focus on about who you created me to be? And this year, when I opened the Bible and I asked God to speak to me about that, he gave me a really awesome answer. And because I'm your pastor, what's going on in my life affects yours. And because you're my students, what's going on in your life affects me. But I want to share with you what God said to me just a few days ago when I asked him, what do you want me to focus on for 2016? Ezra chapter 10, verse 1 through 4. While Ezra the priest prayed and made his confession, weeping and lying face down on the ground in front of the temple of God, a very large crowd of people from Israel gathered and they wept bitterly with him. And then a man in the crowd, he cried out, we have been unfaithful to our God, for we have married the pagans of the land. But in spite of this disobedience, there is hope for us. So let us now make a covenant with our God to divorce our pagan spouses and send them away with their children. Sorry, buddy. Bring the Bible. No. The man continued, we will follow the advice given by you, Ezra, and by the others who respect the commands of our God. Let it be done according to the law of God. Now get up, Ezra. For it is your job to tell us how to proceed 
in setting things straight. We are behind you, so be strong and take action. I read that, and I knew it's what God had for me, and I'm like, what does this mean? Divorce the pagan spouse? Book, do you have something to tell me? Is something happening? I asked the Lord after reading that passage, who am I in this passage? Am I, am I one of the people? Am I the guy? Am I Ezra? Am I like not in it? And he said, you're Ezra. You're the priest in the passage. So just know that perspective as you read this. Okay, well then who are these people that are with me? He said, it's your ministry, it's your students. So there's us, right? Weeping for a sin. And then a student, right? A guy. It's just some dude speaks up. And he answers this question, why are they crying? Because they've been selling themselves short, because they settled, because they disobeyed God before they got back to Jerusalem, which is the scene. They'd married the people of the land who God said, set yourself apart from. And then I asked God, well, what can I do about that? What can we do about that? If we've married the customs and behaviors of the world around us, what can we do about that? And his answer to me was, you teach them what is right. And I can't do all that tonight, and I, don't, I can't do that by my own power, but it's going to start tonight, and it's going to go for the rest of the year. My I will statement for 2016 is to try and teach you what is right, better than I ever have before, more dependent upon God than I ever been before, and I expect you guys to hold me accountable to that I will statement. I will not be able to do it without you. So let's discuss the passage a little bit more. There's this great crowd of people at a church. Well, here we are. Why were they weeping? Because they had disobeyed the Lord. These people had just returned to the temple. They just returned to Jerusalem from 70 years in captivity because they had disobeyed the Lord, and they disobeyed the Lord, and they disobeyed the Lord. And for generations, you guys, it wasn't like, hey, you disobeyed, you're gone. For generations, we're talking hundreds of years, they had disobeyed, and he kept saying, please stop, you're hurting yourself by disobeying me. If you obey me, everything's going to go well for you. But they kept disobeying, and they kept thumbing the nose at God, and finally said, okay. Their punishment was, I'm just going to let you reap what you sowed. And they were sent into captivity. So not only did they become captives of their sin, they became literally captive. They were taken into bondage, taken into slavery, and taken down to Babylon. And for 70 years, they lived as slaves. They lived under the rule of other people. So they're standing at God's house. They've just returned from their captivity. All of God's blessings are right in front of them. He's like, I am ready to unleash everything that you've been missing out in the last 70 years. I'm ready to give to you like you've never been given to before. But they're weeping because they've sinned. They're coming back to the temple to say, bring it on, God. But they're like, oh, we totally disobeyed him and married these pagan people. And no one knows what to do about it, not even Ezra the priest, until this dude in the crowd just speaks up. And what does he say? Okay, okay, everybody, listen up. We messed up, so let's own it. Let's own our mistakes, and let's set things right. So according to this story, if you want to get right with God tonight, you just need to divorce your pagan wife or husband. Does anybody have any pagan wives or husbands out there? Yeah? Sweet. I love your humility and your honesty. Anybody else? Allison? Anything you want to tell us? Just something on the side. 
according to this story, the command is divorce your pagan spouse, right? You guys, I'm not married to a pagan. And nobody else in this room is. None of your parents are. We're not married to pagans. We don't have pagan kids. So let's ask a different question. And hang with me on this question. It's a tough segue here. Has anyone ever heard the expression, the old ball and chain? Anybody? Anybody know what the old ball and chain means? There's a picture of it up there. What do you got, Camden? What's it mean? Captivity. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Anybody else? Got a little something better? What do you got? Something dragging you down over and over again. That's right. I like that. I like yours too. I like hers better. But specifically, the old ball and chain is a crude way of referring to marriage right? Hey, man, can you come and hang out with us tonight? No, you know, my wife's not going to let me. All the old ball and chain. Hey, you want to come and, like, go to the mall and shopping? No, my husband wants me to stay and take care of the kids. All the old ball and chain. The implication here is when you're married to something, it's like that, right? When you look at it with a negative connotation, it's this clamp that goes on your leg and it's attached to this steel ball that can weigh 50 to 100 pounds, and you don't go anywhere without the old ball and chain. And you can't go anywhere fast, and you can't go anywhere free. So that's the definition of the old ball and chain. You can't go anywhere without it. So when God's children disobeyed him and they married pagans, you saw it. They were chaining themselves, not just to the people, but their way of life. And what did the pagan way of life look like? Well, the pagan way of life openly disobeyed God all the time. They, did, they had no respect for God or his commands. The pagan way of life despised the Lord and anything he had to say. The pagan way of life, these people specifically that God said, look, you're going to go be among them, but don't marry them because it'll be bad for you. Why? These people worship the devil. They worship demons. They sacrifice their children to please false gods that didn't even exist. It wasn't just people that, like, were not great folks. They were evil to the core. They were bad for God's people. And because they were chained to them, they adopted their behavior. And that's why God warned them, watch out. Watch out. By marrying these evil people, God's people were chaining themselves to their ways. They were chaining themselves to a cursed lifestyle instead of a supernatural way. To put it another way, you guys, God made every single one of us in this room to be a lion. Show me my lion. Ta-da! Look at that sucker. That's you. That's who you were created to be. Bold, fierce, fearless, powerful, intimidating, confident. We were made to be lions, strong, free, set apart, royal, but we choose to live like alley cats, right? I know they're cute. It's the, it's the saddest one I could find. All right, oh, work with me. God made us to be lions. We choose to live like alley cats, scavengers, common, and settling for the garbage of the world. I'm sorry, alley cats. Somebody, hey, some of you guys are going to go work at the pound tomorrow. Take care of some cats. All right. Bring it back. 
So I want to just address this story as a whole and just all those Old Testament stories where you're like, divorce your wife? Really, God? You guys, there are some Old Testament stories where you're just like, man, God is hardcore. God's a mean dude. God's a bully, right? You look at these stories and you're like, they have to divorce their wives. They have to divorce their husbands. They have to leave their children and send them away. Why? Why does God put stories like that in the Old Testament? Well, it's for us, right? God doesn't tell all the people throughout time in history to divorce their wives. God doesn't tell all the people to kill this person or do that or conquer this city or take vengeance and I'll be with you, etc. or be a soldier. He doesn't say that to everybody. It's just here and there. And he puts those stories in there for us. Those people had to go through that so that we could read about it and see God is deadly serious about sin. Sin is serious. And some of us wrestle with stuff that's, oh, it's not really that big a deal. It's a huge deal. God hates divorce. He hates it. It wasn't part of the plan. The only reason he allows it is for the fact that a lot of the priests were like, hey, could just give us one concession. He's like, all right, fine. But he hates divorce. So for him to use this illustration is a big deal. And for me to use it is a big deal because I know it's a sensitive topic. But I knew the Lord wanted me to talk about it. God puts those stories in there as an example for us to learn from, to show us that sin is serious. So if that story is for us, how does it apply? The command in the story is, if you're married to the people of the land, you need to divorce them and send their kids away. Well, we don't have pagan husbands and wives. Our parents aren't pagans. Their spouses aren't pagans. So what do we do with it? Well, what if we take, divorce your pagan spouses and send them and their children away? This command, this gut-wrenching like, really? What if we take that and we adjust it to divorce your sinful behavior and send your temptations away? Is that not on there? I don't think it is. But you got ears. What if we take that and turn it into divorce your sinful behavior that you've married yourself to, that you've chained yourself to, and send it and anything that tempts you to behave in a sinful way away. Now, looking at this scripture with that understanding, is there anybody in here that maybe has married something pagan, something evil? I would say every single one of us in this room could put up our hand. Every single one of us is not Jesus, is not perfect, and marry ourselves, chain something to us that is not good for us, that hurts us, that leads us away from the Lord. Earlier tonight, in your small groups, you guys read in John 8, Lord, we've never been slaves to anyone. So what do you mean you will be set free? And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Not myself nor any of you are sin free. So we should listen to this warning from the Old Testament. We should take heed and we should see how does this apply to me. I want to give you guys a visual of what we do to ourselves when we sin. And I'm going to take my time with it. When we marry ourselves to an evil behavior, a sinful behavior that we know is not God's best for us, this is what we are doing to ourselves. Preparing for this message, 
I went and got on eBay, and I found these chains. These things are like 150 years old. They are prisoner shackles. They are the real deal. They're big. They're heavy. And I want to show you what it looks like when we deliberately put our hand and say, no thanks, Jesus, no thanks, Bible, and we choose to sin. What is your sin issue? Get it in your mind. And here's a picture of what happens when we sin. All right. In a room this size, I'd be pretty surprised if there wasn't a couple people that wrestle with pornography or sexual sin. This is what we do to ourselves when we act on it. not coming off. This thing is part of me now. If I lose this key, if you see me drop it, watch where it goes. But if I lose this key, we're going to the welder. We'll all go. It'll be created only. So let's talk about what this represents. Pornography, sexual sin, substance abuse. That's the sin. That's the thing we marry ourselves to, right? What are the temptations? What are the things that come out of that? Impure thoughts. Like so many that you can hardly control them. You know what I'm talking about. What else comes from that? Sexual identity issues. Self-loathing. Self-destructive behavior. Lying to support a habit. Stealing to keep it going. Turning to something, really anything, instead of the Lord. Hiding from God's truth. Just a handful of the temptations that lead us to those things and that take us over after we indulge in those things. All right. I would imagine in a room this size that there would be, you know, one or two of us that wrestle with pride. <laughs> one or two. These things are tight. I know, I bought them, girl. And it's interesting that you can't just snap it on. You've got to go all in. It's hot. And you can't just slip it on. You've got to really get it going. But once it's on, it's on. And I take this key out. And now, my feet are in chains. I mean, this is far, as far as I can go. No more beautiful Justin Stride. Walking like Frankenstein. I can't do the splits anymore, which I know you love, but I'm limited, right? If something bad happened right now and I had to like bolt with you guys, I'm the last one out of here because I know you wouldn't stop and help me. 
I love you too. So if this second shackle is pride, and that's the sin, and that's the thing we marry ourselves to, and man, have, do I know what that's like to marry myself to pride, to just clamp it on and be proud and proud? What are the temptations that come with that? Anybody in here find fault with other people's, with folks around you? I would wager you have married yourself to pride somehow. Does anyone in here ever gossip? Pride is the sin root of that. We delude ourselves through pride. We tear other people down. And we become slaves of perfectionism. And I wrestle with this. I wrestled with this today. What else do we have? I would wager in a room this size that there's a couple of us that maybe are wrestling with some unforgiveness. Unforgiveness or maybe an unwillingness to be healed of hurt or pain. If our sin is unforgiveness, if somebody has hurt us out there and we're just like, I've got a right to be upset, and you know what? You probably do. Or if our sin is an unwillingness to be healed, I can't even go near that pain, so I'm just not gonna. It hurts too much. And that was Simba's deal. He just couldn't even fathom that he was responsible for somebody dying. And I I don't blame him. But if you wrestle with unforgiveness, if I'm saying the word unforgiveness and there's a face in your mind of somebody that offended you or you offended, then I'd wager maybe you have a chain of your own that's on you like right now. And what are the temptations that come with unforgiveness? Anybody struggle with anger in here? I'd wager you're wrestling with some unforgiveness or some unwillingness to be healed. Anybody wrestle with fear? just afraid of all kinds of things, people, the dark, alley cats, anybody in here try to control everyone and everything around them because you don't want to get hurt again, then I would wager you have married yourself to some unforgiveness somewhere along the way, and these temptations, you guys, they're not just going to go away. Last one. There's so many. I would wager in a room this size that there are several of us that wrestle, that are chained to some false beliefs about ourselves or about God. You know, when we have our small groups on Wednesdays, we always ask, what does this scripture tell me about who God is and who he created me to be? We have those questions every week. We've had them for two and a half years. Do you know why? Because we forget who we are. And we either forget or just don't know who God is. And we develop these false beliefs about ourselves and about God. And what are the temptations that come with that sin that we chain ourselves to? We think too little of ourselves. Do you think little of yourself? Do you feel small? Do you feel invisible? Do you feel like nobody cares? 
One, it's not true. But two, you should really look in the mirror and ask yourself, do I have a false belief about myself or about God? Because if he made you to be a beautiful and a conqueror and a lion, that's how you should fear him, not small, not forgettable. What else comes with this sin? We think too little of God. Hey, can I pray for you? Uh, okay. No, you should be like, yes, because I know God answers prayer, and he heals, and he's supernatural, and he's real, and he'll give me joy in the moment if I believe. Can I pray for you? Nah, oh, maybe later. We believe too little about God, you guys. We think he's small and not. We choose to believe lies over the truth. We expect the worst instead of the best. I wrestle with that. You expect the worst to happen instead of the best. I expect the worst all the time. You know what helps that? Watching the news. The last thing I think that I'll mention that comes with the false beliefs about ourselves or a God is, you guys, we just, we develop and harbor this tiny faith. Really no faith. If you believe cruddy things about yourself, if you believe God is small, you're harboring a tiny faith. God says that it's impossible to please him without faith. Our faith should be giant. I'm just encouraged that in light of this message, I know there's giant faith in this room. So this isn't the end of the story for us tonight. We're going to do something about this tonight. But I want to demonstrate just a little more of what a hindrance this is. You saw me. I put these on myself. And if you feel like this in any way, shape, or form, just know God didn't put these on you. You put them on yourself. But the thing is, I can't take them off, but Jesus can. But look at my life in these chains. This is as far as I can walk. And what if I want a hug, bro? <laughs> Hold on. I feel super cute. <laughs> right? But wait. No, sit down. I'm, I'm the, I have the microphone and everything. What if I want to hug my wife? Right? Like... I can't, well, hold on, we'll go down here. I can't get in there, you know? I can't, I can't, listen to this. I can no longer show love properly because I am in chains. Did you hear what I said? I can no longer show love properly because of these chains. That's a big deal. I can't receive it either. Try and give me a hug. All right, we're done with that illustration. What else? Again, what if God calls me in a moment to, like, go and make a disciple, go and do something? Okay, here I come. I, I'm going nowhere fast, although I'm getting kind of good at this. But can I tell you that I've had these things on for, like, five minutes, and my ankles hurt, and my wrists hurt, and they're dirty, and they're noisy. I can't sneak up on people anymore. You know what I'm talking about, Grace Knight. She understands. You guys, these things are a hindrance. They're affecting everything about me. Oh, I'm good. Oh, I forgot about this one. I love to worship. I love watching you guys worship. When I worship, I believe that my body, like yours, broadcasts my soul. So if I want to raise my hands to Jesus and I am enslaved to pride or unforgiveness, this is all I can do. 
I can't worship the way I was made to worship in these chains. So, these things have affected my ability, but they've also affected my identity. Because it doesn't take long wearing these. Again, five or six minutes. I don't feel free. I feel like a slave up here. I don't feel like I can do whatever I want. I feel trapped. I don't feel special in these things. I feel like a spectacle. Do you feel that way? I would wager that maybe you've married some bad behavior and you're wrestling with temptation and you've put some chains on yourself. When we choose our sin over our Savior, you guys, we give our freedom away. So I put these chains on myself and I chose these sins and I have just thrown away my freedom. Those keys are gone. I gave them away. But the most wonderful thing about all of this, as much as I could never get out of this, I'm not Houdini, these aren't fake, I could not get out of this unless I have help. And help is available tonight. I don't want to show off, but I'm holding it. Come on. All right. All right. If you can relate to what I look like up here and how I explain that I felt, I just want to tell you, this is no way to live, you guys. Don't leave here with even one on. I'm going to demonstrate for you how easy it is to get out of these things. I don't want it to be a show, so I'm really going to pray, but I'm going to pray for us that all it requires to be set free tonight is this. Jesus, I come before you and I just say that I am a sinner. I am shackled. I am chained to things that do not feel good, that do not make me feel good, that I cannot remove myself. Lord, I, even as I'm praying right now, I am remembering that night in my parents' bedroom 12, 15 years ago when I hit my knees at 3 a.m. and just said, Jesus, I am an alcoholic and I cannot stop drinking, but I know that you can help me so please, God, help me. And I thank you that I woke up the next morning and that temptation that has ra this just ravaged my life for 10 years was completely gone and has never come back. Lord, forgive me for putting these chains on myself, for missing your best. Forgive me for the wasted time. Forgive me for the wasted opportunities. Please set me free. Please remove every chain, remove the memories of the chains, set me free from the pain that came while I was in them. Forgive me for blaming you for how limited I was. I recognize I put these on myself, but Jesus, you can set me free. So set me free, please. Set me free.
It's that simple. You don't have to go that long if you don't want to. But you guys, you can't live in these. And this is no way to do life. And I look out here, and every single one of us, we either have one or many. I don't want you to leave here with many. We're going to respond. I said this to you guys a couple weeks back. The worship, yes. The teaching, yes. The most important part of any church service is the response. I pray to God you have heard something tonight that resonated. I pray God is stirring something in you. But now it's up to you. It's in your hands. You need to respond to what God is saying to you. So here is how we're going to close. I'm going to lead you guys in a couple things to pray for first. So right now, I want you guys to bow your heads. If you want to slip to your knees, all the better. But whether physically or spiritually, just submit to God right now. He is in this place. You have no idea how much he's in this place tonight. I want you to ask Jesus a couple questions. Question one, what have I chained myself to that's hurting me? Just between you and the Lord, ask that question. You might hear a word or see a face. Sense a memory. What have I chained myself to that's hurting me? the Lord, what's tempting me away from you? What is drawing my attention away from you? If a sin or bad behavior is coming to you right now, don't feel guilty. Own it. Acknowledge it. Don't be afraid. Jesus, would you reveal to me what's keeping me from loving you, myself, others? If he spoke to you about all those or just one, great. But would you guys, just between you and the Lord right now, confess those behaviors, those temptations, those things as sin. Would you just acknowledge, yes, Jesus, these, this is a sin. And then just invite him. Ask him, set me free right now. Set me free. Take the chain off. Unleash me from this thing. opportunity to pray with a couple people to do a couple things with whatever you just did with the Lord I have one more question for you still in an attitude and a posture of prayer 
I want you guys to ask Jesus now to speak a new thing to you. Ask him to replace that false identity that you've been chained to with your identity in him. Ask Jesus to show you a picture right now of how he sees you. going to close our service and I want you guys to do something with all or some or a piece of what you just heard so John and the gang are going to lead us in worship in a moment but right now if you're a small group leader in this place or a prayer partner I invite you to come up here or hug the wall and just make yourself visible to the students guys we're going to respond to the Lord in three different ways. You can do one, you can do all three. But if Jesus set you free from something tonight, if he showed you your sin, I would invite you to take advantage of one of these people that love you so much, that have been praying for you for weeks, if not months. Go to one of them and ask them to pray for you. Ask them to pray with you. Share your sin with them and say, would you please pray with me? Would you help me solidify my freedom if Jesus spoke a word of identity to you if he replaced what he took from you released you from and you have an affirmation and encouragement a word from him about what he thinks or feels about you I want you guys to take advantage of this awesome reel that I'm going to lay on the floor and come and take one of our sharpies and write what God called you to cross the front of this tent Write how he thinks about you. Write how he sees you. I want a testament to the business he did with you tonight. And then finally, man, I didn't know that our worship was going to start off that awesome, but we're going to worship tonight. And I want you guys to take advantage of these lyrics and declare them over yourselves in this room and this weekend. But let's worship. Let's shout to the Lord. Let's wake up the neighborhood behind us. God deserves it. He wants it. So let's give it to him. You guys can begin with whichever one of those you want to start with. The room is yours. Take your time. Thanks for listening to the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. Please feel free to share copies of this podcast, but do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way. For more information, please visit woodsedge.org or find us on Facebook under Woods Edge Students.